You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello and welcome, spiritual trailblazers. I am so happy to be talking with you guys today. And as I always like to say in my podcast, today is a beautiful day. And if we look hard enough, we can find something to be grateful for. Yes, practicing the art of gratitude. It will make our life magical and you will see that your perspective will change. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and you're just compelled to have a question that you want to uh, write out or a comment that you want to be made known, you can contact me two ways. One is by going to my Instagram page, which is Tia underscore Johnson underscore, and you'll see an image there which states new podcast alert, <laughs> you could post it there or you can join my Facebook group, Spiritual and Empowerment Living, where I'll have the same post there. And that's there for you if you feel like your question is a little bit more personal or you just don't want to share it with the entire public, but you want to uh, express it within a close community of like-minded people. So that's what it's there for. Head on over to Spiritual and Empowerment Living. Post your question or comment there. Uh, people are very respectable in my group because they're amazing trailblazers like yourself. So May is Spiritual Literacy Month. And I decided to make my podcast this month focus around spiritual terms, helping us to understand the spiritual community, the spiritual realm, and how people define things and why they do what they do to really help pro provide definitions for these common terms that we hear uh, day to day. Because I want you to have the knowledge to set the record straight whenever possible. It does happen. We talk with people, someone says something, someone wants to correct someone else. There's a lot of confusion, so I want to give you the tools to be able to stand your ground. So before we dive into our topic tonight, how, or excuse me, yes, how the art of love can save your life, okay, with Susie Chiol, I cannot wait to speak with her. I had to tell you her bio because she's a pretty amazing woman, guys. You, it's, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's so amazing. So Susie the heart whisperer, sometimes also called the abundance queen. Oh, man, this is awesome. And the heart and the healer's healer. Awesome. 
Susie is the creator of the Heart Whisperer Delhi Guidance Oracle Cards, an intuitive artist, transformational coach, certified law of attraction facilitator, coach, inspirational speaker, healer, and published author of Emergings, a meditation on emotions of change, and author of soon-to-be-released book, Lucky to be Alive, How I Use the Law of Attraction and the Power of Self-Love to Save My Life. Susie has been an early childhood teacher and college lecturer. She left the security of all that, the annual holidays, of course, <laughs> to create a successful business, a successful, excuse me, successful business that is multi-five-figured over 15 years as textile designer, creator, and producer on label, guys, okay? How about that? <clears throat> pretty amazing woman here. She lives on the Gold Coast of Australia with her soulmate of 28 years, Daz Walsh. She loves traveling. She has been the governess of Nigeria, lived and taught in London. Guys, you, you have to check her out, okay? <laughs> I mean, don't even, as soon as you finish with this podcast, go and click on her links. Here they go, on Instagram, instagram.com, <clears throat> Susie Show. That's S-U-Z-I-E-C-H-E-E-L. And her Facebook is facebook.com. Susie Chill Inspires. So that's S-U-Z-I-E-C-H-E-E-L-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S. Susie, welcome. Hi, Tia. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's amazing when somebody reads out um, what, you've, what you've done in your life. Um, I'm always astounded about what I've actually done. <laughs> and I don't know, I just feel like you said, every day is an exceptional day. And today I, today I woke up and there was a comment on my recent blog post um, from um, a friend that I am an admin of a group for her, the Women of Facebook. And she said, you are an exceptional woman. And somebody else said something. And I sort of thought, and I'm coming on this with another exceptional woman, Tia, in this amazing show today. So I feel full of that thing that you talk about that is so important, which is gratitude. Gratitude is just so important to, ha to everything we do in our lives. So I'm feeling really grateful that um, you've invited me to be on um, your podcast and that we finally get to meet. We've known one another um, uh, through Facebook, but to actually meet in person is also wonderful, even if it is virtual. <laughs> yes, and thank you. It was an honor reading what you have accomplished because it's it's an eye opener. You know, we, we we meet people, but to understand the depths of them is another thing. You know, we can have a cup of tea and talk, and you know, talk about the weather and clothes, but to read someone's <laughs> bio is really a a sneak peek into their life, and that's truly amazing. So I am honored to have you here. Well, I am absolutely delighted to be here, and I love the um, the title that you chose also for the uh, podcast. Yes, I I really thought that this was important, and I strongly believe that a lot of people can benefit from uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, regarding the title so before we discuss how self-love can save one's life how do you define self-love 
self-love is what just um, came to me then was probably not what I know but self-love is often termed as being as being selfish to mm. yourself and if you were like me um, for those of you who don't know I'm, I am a baby boomer um, and I was brought up with it's not um, look at take care of other people first always put other people before you put yourself first and through my life particularly the last five or six years I've learned that I really have to put me first to be able to give all my gifts to the world because when I'm not um, when when I'm not loving myself, when I don't, I don't believe. So self-love for me is about being worthy. Am I worthy? Am I enough? Mm. Do I take time that's just for me? Do I start my day with love? And they're all the things that um, I discover with the people that I work with. When they come to me, they're not worthy, they're not enough, they can't stand in front of a mirror and say, I love you, Susie, I really love you. And so self-love is really embracing all of you and being able to say those things. I am worthy, I am enough, I love myself. So, and then when, we've, when we have that, we have what I call the power of love and that takes us on uh, what I do with people now is take them on a journey to full joy, to bliss. Wow, that's beautiful. And when you said, do I start my day with love? Wow, that, that just like gave me tingles up my spine. How about that? Well, that's interesting. That I wrote, um, uh -huh. I wrote a blog post um, recently on um, about that. Do you do you start your day? Do you actually start your day with love? And um, because what I was, what I'm been finding with some people when I actually ask how they start their day. Um, yeah, this one always floors me because I don't think I've ever, I can't ever remember, or maybe I did when I was younger, but um, somebody who was being challenged and I said, well, you know, how do you start your day? I mean, do you do some reflective time or some meditation and things like that? And they said, no, um, they start their day with a coffee, the first thing. So you were already out of that heart, what I call heart space. Yes, so the blog post that I wrote was, how do you love you as you start your day? So your listeners might like to, um, I can send you the link to that. Your listeners might um, like to uh, read that blog post because, um, and don't be freaked out by how I do start my day, but that comes from my own um, discovery that I had to really learn to love myself. And part of loving myself was, loving me as I begin the day mm -hmm. and um, and people say oh but you know I've got breakfast I've got kids everybody has you can, if you can't make five minutes for you every day um, I think it's a challenge 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's when you know you're really you're really not embracing who you are. And I know what it's like. I um, and some days I do this, or I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. And I, if I have my phone by my bed, which um, I often do because I have my meditations and things on it. Um, it's so easy to open the phone, somebody sends you a message from Facebook and you're down the rabbit hole. And mm-hmm. and you, I find if I don't do all that balancing thing, um, my day my day can go haywire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can spend five minutes uh, in our meditative mode or just by ourselves while we're taking a shower. I know some people were saying, mm-hmm. oh, I have kids, oh, I make breakfast. While you're brushing your teeth, while you're in the shower, right before you got out of bed, you know, you're waking up and you, you can just think about how can I start my day with love? You know, even if that's like leaving little notes for yourself around the house mm. or having a flower, a uh, um, flower, bouquet of flowers by your bed. So I did that one time and I woke up to the most beautiful smell of flowers. It's so nice. Oh, that's a wonderful. Oh, that's, <clears throat> I have, yeah. I think that's, that's a really nice way to do that. Yeah. So, guys, you have homework. <laughs> Go to <laughs> Susie's website, read the blog, and ask yourself every morning. How can I start my day with love? That's awesome. Thank you. So how did self-love save your life? Because I know in um, your upcoming book, you were saying how you also use the law of attraction. So can you explain how the law of attraction and self-love to save your life? Yes, I can, Tia. Um, what I'll do first is I'll just, what I say to people is, so six Six years ago, this um, July, so yeah, six years ago, this July, on the 16th of July, I woke up in a hospital bed um, surrounded by doctors um, telling me I had a 25% chance of living a normal life. So what I say to people is um, life, death or dialysis. Um, That was my choice. And in that heartbeat, as Tony Robbins would say, in a heartbeat, we can make a decision. In that heartbeat, I said to the specialist, um, I was going to meditate. I was going to use my law of attraction tools and I was going home. Um, he thought I was crazy because what had happened was my autoimmune system had gone rogue and I had a total kidney failure. Mm. Um, they said it was a few percent, but after I was out of hospital and we went back to the specialist, he said to me, I was one very lucky girl um, that, and he put his finger up and did a zero and said when they actually looked at when I first went into the hospital, I might no no kidney no kidney function. So for me, um, that was a real. It was I don't know. I just in that moment I just thought right. Um, this is my second near death experience. I was knocked over by a car when I was sixteen and I was in a coma for a week. And at 16, I had long, beautiful hair. And when I woke up, I had no hair. 
Um, and the title of my new book, Lucky to be Alive, comes from that time when my mother used to always say to me, you don't know what it was like for us. You're so lucky to be alive. And I know, I always understood I was lucky to be alive and I was lucky not to be brain damaged because I was had head injuries. Um, so it was in that moment of thinking, right, I have the law of attraction tools. But it wasn't until actually a week later when I was sitting in a dialysis chair and I... Um, I did a lot of meditating in dialysis chairs. Um, and I just, this, it was a week after I asked, you know, I like asked to God, why, and I was doing a bit of the why me, uh, why me, what is this all about? And the download I got was, Susie, this is all about love. When you fully love yourself, you will be healed and when that will be anchored in inner peace and pure joy. Um, so that was a bit of a, that was a real wake-up call for me. Um, I assume there's quite a lot of people listening um, to the, the podcast who know who Louise Hay is. So when um, You Can Heal Your Life came out in, what, the 1980s? Mm-hmm. Um, I've owned, I've probably got my third copy here now, so I have used it. So, and I've done a lot of personal development work and whatever else. So it was a real shock to me to get that message. So I suppose what I did was I totally embraced it. Um, I spent another week in hospital. But what I did then was like every day when I woke up, I had, um, I had, my, um, I had my iPod with me. Um, because was it six years ago here where I live? Our, uh, I we didn't have internet like I could just pop into my phone and do that. We didn't. I didn't have that on my phone then. But on my iPod, I had the journey. Um, you know, I had freedom. Freedom is, which is a book and an audio by a woman called Brandon Bays, who healed herself of ovarian cancer and who I have worked with since uh, before 2000. I've done a lot of journey work and assisted in journey programs. So I had that. I had another of my mentors, um, Sonia Choquette, um, who's a spiritual guide. Mm-hmm. I, had her, I had her meditations on there. And I had uh, Doreen Virtue's cards. Well, I didn't have them on the first day, but I got Des to bring in my crystals and my Doreen Virtue um, uh, healing with the angels cards because back in 2002, I actually trained with Doreen Virtue as an angel intuitive. So I was using those tools. How did I use the law of attraction as well? Well, I just saw myself going home and it's very interesting. I have a friend who interviewed me about this recently um, who walked with me uh, every week on Skype while I healed and she said to me, I just remember you always saying, you were going home and the doctors kept saying, no, you're not no, and don't ask me again when you're going home. And I just sort of lie back there and, um, you know, 
and and I focused on going home and I focused on being well and it didn't all go that smoothly um, it went smoothly that I came out of hospital but I was keep going back for dialysis and um, plasma exchange and I was on a lot of drugs but I was in the ho back at the hospital like three times a week. Then they decided I was getting better, so they cut everything back. And at that time, I was very focused on my meditation, very focused on that I was going to be well. And whenever I went to the specialist, they would say, you have to be so careful because we don't know what caused it and it could come back again and whatever else. And I've just been about to launch, um, I suppose, my abundance work, my law of attraction work, just about the time all of this happened. So everything sort of went on hold. And what I started to do, and this is where my title, so the Abundance Queen comes from my work then. I used to have a blog called The Abundance Highway and people used to call me The Abundance Queen. But what's come out of this healing process was um, in the October, I started a series of paintings. I'd, uh, just before I um, had the kidney failure, I'd won a reading with a spiritual friend of mine in New York, Angela Artemis. And she said, I'm going to give you a prescription. I said, she said, go and buy a coloring book and some colors and color something every day. I said, hold on. I've got a room in my house, which I call my studio, um, that is full of paper and paints and things. So I started something I painted for 21 days, a prescription series. So when I was doing my healing, I thought, oh, why don't I start a series? I don't know why I chose 45. 45 hearts. So I painted a heart a day for 45 hearts. And if people want to look at these, they're on my Facebook um, profile page and they're on my they're in my um, on my website com. and in the middle of this I landed up back in hospital I woke up one morning and Des said I look white and that we went straight to the doctor and she got the test done straight away and so it had come back so part of that was that's where the self-love comes in I was starting to put all this work together again. I'd put all these courses together and I wanted to get it out there. So I thought, right, I'll just keep going and I can do all this from my bed. Well, mm -hmm. obviously I started to do too much and um, the universe had another message for me that um, I, wasn't I wasn't going to be working and I probably wasn't going to be working for another year or so with some of the other little um, visitations the universe gave me along the way that I had to actually learn as a friend of mine who lives in Vegas, who was on Skype, checked in on Skype with me every day, um, to remind me that my job, um, to heal, was my job. This was my job. And it took me quite a while to actually embrace that. So it's, um, so the, that's where this, the, my creative part of my healing came back because being creative is also feeding one's soul it's very much feeding my soul and I started painting these hearts so 
and I built up to that 45 and then I just kept painting. And I see that was part of my self-healing and my self-love. My law of attraction was the visualizing, actually really seeing. My, I always saw myself as healed. I never saw myself as staying on dialysis. I mean, I was on it probably for six months or so, or plasma exchange. And I never saw myself dying again. And um, just to fill people in, what I had was called um, glomerular nephritis. And at that time in the Tweed Hospital, they hadn't actually seen it. Uh, there were registrars and doctors there who had never seen it in Tweed. And there were three cases of not exactly the same thing, but there were three of us that had total kidney failures. There's a woman was here on holidays um, and she now has a permanent like little dialysis machine that she wears all the time. And unfortunately, the other guy um, died. I just feel so blessed to be here mm -hmm. that this was such a big message for me to um, to really to really look at loving myself and to really learn to be um, you you know to be selfish to me, which of course went against everything. I always have my mother's head even now. So you know, don't be selfish. Right. Um, so and the other aspects that came into that was after I had the relapse I uh, when I before I actually went into the hospital I'd begun to I've always eaten healthily um, but this time when I came out I did more research on healing kidneys and whatever else and I made a choice to go totally alkaline so I was eating probably 80% alkaline because, as they say, disease can't live in an alkaline body. So that was one of the big changes that I made. And I'm very blessed because I love cooking. My husband thinks he lives in a restaurant. <laughs> um, so even though I spent lots of time on my bed, one of the things I did do, I mean, he did things for me, but I always got up and did the stir fries and did whatever else. And, um, yeah, so that was part of, I think, um, I'm just saying that now, people have asked me, am I going to include my alkaline stuff in my book? And I wasn't going to, but I now know here how much a big part of that, the food, you know, they say, um, they say our health is our wealth, but also, you know, what we eat um, fuels who we are and how we be in the world is too. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I, I was taking notes, and <clears throat> what I gather, actually, I'm familiar with Sonia Shawkat, and I'm an angel therapy practitioner, thanks to Doreen Virtue. So I got really excited <laughs> when you were talking about Doreen. And I had to look up Brandon Bayes. But uh, what I gather is that we have to fully accept ourselves and the situation that we're in. So it, it's like we have to evaluate the situation for what it is in its entirety. I mean, it could have been very easy for you to say, oh, I have to do dialysis for the rest of my life. But the fact that you said I did not hold that vision for me, you know, I did not mm -hmm. picture myself doing that 
Mm. Forever, yeah. That's right. And I was in a ward in the hospital with three other women. One of them was the woman who um, also had the the kidney failure. But there were two women in there and they spent their life complaining. So I just pulled the curtains around and put the TV on. Or And if I couldn't sleep at night, I, I, remember, I always remember this. One night at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep. And I, I turned the TV on and there was Beaches. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, Beaches. And somebody said, oh, what a sad movie. But I said it was just right for the time. I cried and cried. And I think... I, yeah, I was, I just, I used those tools and I journaled. I journaled every day. And what I'm doing at the moment um, to get, because I've started writing this book about four times and I've got so much content. But what I'm doing now is going back through my journal and recording parts of it. And a lot of that will go in the actual, how I was actually feeling and what I actually wrote at that time. And I've probably journaled most days for the last, for probably about four years because after the, um, or oh, in the middle of all this, I was out, when I was, of course, feeling better one day, I was out walking with Des and I had a fall. It had been very, I know why, it had been raining for days and we just said, look, it's fine, let's go out. And stupidly, we didn't go to the beach. We decided to walk around in this beautiful forest area where we were living near a river. And I happened to be animatedly talking, but not animatedly looking where I was putting my feet. And I had a fall and I fractured my humerus. Mm. And um, so in the middle of all this other stuff that was going on, and I was still having... Uh, something called psychoblastin, which is um, a chemo-type drug that they were trying to control things with. So when I went into the hospital, they just sort of said, you didn't need this. And they also said, because I was on such heavy doses of prednisone, um, that my bones would take ages to heal. But I was very lucky. They healed, like, within six weeks. But I... A month later, I started to get aches and pains in my back. And when I went to the doctor, I was told I had um, osteoporosis and it was because of the drugs. And so I then had to set about healing another aspect of my body, which I still work on. I do back exercises every day. But, yeah, I had crush fractures in my back. Um, And that was... You know, I could have given up then, I think. I could have given up because I was sick of being on the bed and whatever else. But about six months later, a friend of mine took me to a quantum healing session um, on a Sunday. And they use these ceramic magnetic tools with affirmations um, as a healing thing. And the... Uh, slightly crazy um, natural health guy who developed all of this in Australia rang me and he then invited me to some of his trainings and um, when he looked at my uh, x-rays and things he said I was really lucky still to be walking because one of the fractures was right on my spine so I did something then that a lot of people wouldn't probably do I after 
um, talking with him, because I was already on an alkaline diet, um, that was really good. But it was these drugs. I was still on three different sort of drugs. And that, and that was what, as he said, you know, until you get the drugs out of your system, your bones are not going to regrow and heal. So I took this decision. Um, my husband supported me but was a bit scared because it was really scary for him in the early days because nobody knew whether I was going to be all right or not. And I took myself off all the drugs and um, and I went about using this quantum healing system of affirmations and having quantum, uh, putting things on my fingers and toes, really quite crazy. But I... It has helped me a lot and um, they say it takes seven years or something for your bones to grow. So we're still, I've still got a few years to go on this one. But that was another aspect of using the law of attraction and it was also another aspect of listening to my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, the specialist fired me. I always say I sacked him. But mm-hmm. he... I. All my tests were getting better and better Um, and my GFR, which is what they call the global filtration rate, which had been, you know, down at 12 or something. And I'd been told um, because, because, you know, I'm older that it would never get above um, 64 or something and I've had it up over 100. So, Mm -hmm. and that was after I'd started... Anyway, he just got really angry with me. Um, unfortunately, I've never had to go back and see him. So, yeah, black one would. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, but that's just right. But what I have to do now, so this is my big learning, Tia. I have to really listen to my body. Um, and when I don't, I suffer. Mm-hmm. So when um, sometimes I come back with bags of shopping and Des says to me, and how did that get from the shop into the car? Because I'm, I'm still not meant to lift. If I carry stuff that's too heavy, I get back pain. Um, mm-hmm. So now I say, well, I take the trolley and I put everything in the trolley and I take the trolley to the car and then I put it all in the basket. So I've learned, but I had to learn the hard way because I've done it that way. But, um, yeah, so really listening, what I call listening to your heart whispers, um, your inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it, your divine spirit, God. It's what we all have a name for it. Mine, because I feel that that download I got sitting in a dialysis chair came from me listening to that inner wisdom which I started calling heart whispers which is what I started painting Mm -hmm. and in 2012 I set up something called the heart whisper e-zine where each week I'd send out a painting with a channeled message I never knew what was going into it till I actually sat down to uh, either journaled or I was typing at the computer and it's those cards that or some of those cards have become the Heart Whisper Daily Guidance Oracle cards. That's beautiful. And there's a, a portion of your book uh, that actually there are two things. Um, 
I had wanted to bring up because I thought it was really um, important. I feel like it's a step that we all need to think about when it comes to self-love. Even if we are great at implementing self-love and even law of attraction to an extent, there's always, like what I like to say, life's one-two punch. I mean, you saw it with your medical issues. I had it with my foot surgeries. So we had to be reminded of these things. And you wrote, the fear of taking that first step outside of the familiarity that's known. Fear of the unknown, discovery, ourselves, success, and change. Feelings of panic, what will I find? And I feel like when people <clears throat> dive into, excuse me, self-love, just as you were saying, I had to accept my entire being. I had to listen to the heart whispers. That what will I find is or it or can be terrifying because it's our raw form. It's us understanding that I have to listen to my body, as you were saying. I have to listen to it in its entirety. And if I don't, I know what's going to happen. So, but it, it's also easy for people to go to the doctor and take the pills and, you know, mm. to, to do this whole dog and pony show where they take the pill, they go to the doctor, they go to physical therapy, they take the pill, they go to the doctor, and nothing really happens unless they become conscious. So I really thought that was so awesome how you just wrote, what will I find? That is amazing because the book that um, Tia's referring to is my book called Emergings, a meditation on the emotions of change that um, you might not have, uh, which I published in 2008, but I actually wrote in the 80s. So what's been fascinating for me is, and that that poem was in relation to because I was always doing I've always been doing all this work all of my life, but I never realised the impact that I was having even when I was training childcare workers, because I now have in my Heart Whispers group one of my students from you know back in I think it was back in the eighties eighty three or something I think she said. And she still remembers, I was talking recently in the group on one of my live broadcasts that I mentioned something about being enough and she sent me a message saying, you were always my most favourite teacher and I was going through a really rough time and you told me then that I was enough. And it was just after that that I went and did this postgraduate course in social communication when I wrote this poem, which was which started out with it, I I had to do my it was my thesis, and I said I don't know I can't get started. And my my tutor said to me, just get on a piece of paper. It's not ending now, and that's where this um that's where this verse came from. And then I um, illustrated it. Yes, I, I love how vibrant your book is. It's just so many beautiful colors. And I feel, well, that's how I learn. I'm a visual learner. And, you know, the, the more uh, brightness I can, even if it was in black and white and I can feel mm-hmm. the vibration, I can feel it, I just I love that. And I feel like people uh, listening need to get this book because <laughs> Uh, even how how you write about anxiety and you have that uh, tornado, that whirlwind going on there. <laughs> I thought that was I, pretty cool. I think I I look back on this because I still this was 
So this was back in the 80s, um, 88. I'm just thinking when I left my full-time work. 88, 89. So I wrote this. I did this. Uh, I did a. I did a postgraduate course, and then I went on to do a master's degree um, in the same thing. But it was called social ecology. So it was all about change. Mm -hmm. But these are all. These are watercolor paintings. And for those of you um, who maybe get the book and look at the paintings, when I was twelve, I was not allowed to do art at school, and because I couldn't draw. And so, you know, I was pushed off into probably more academic things and things like that. And I'd always wanted to do art. So the fact that um, back in the 80s, I even painted. I, you know, I just started painting. I painted on fabric, but um, all of my work was, you know, very much, you know, fabric designs and sometimes flowers and things like that. So this was just pure watercolours and I still have, well, that's interesting. I'll be able to show people. I still have all the original paintings that these are all scanned from as well. And But it was from the words that I just, I don't know, I just painted the pictures and then somehow the pictures went together with the words. Lovely. And all of these emotions relate to um, a person at that point of time in my life because I was doing a... An academic study as well so hmm. um, and I'm thinking of adding that into the book into the updated book so people can see the relationship that came from that mm -hmm. and there's one more thing I want, wanted to say about your or uh, quote from your book the pain that arises as we try to hold on to known systems and beliefs the aching back right side pain, numb and feeling dead, the heart torn apart with all my might. I really, really, <laughs> like, when I read it, I just felt like, oh, my gosh, this is what I felt. Like, the first time I really fully embraced self-love, I felt like it was sort of like that, like this breaking through <laughs> the barriers and it's just like uh your body is just so used to do doing things a certain way and now you're using new muscles you know it's just like <laughs> oh what are you doing no no like oh my god that hurts <laughs> so I really like that piece because I just just from talking with people and and dealing with clients and then dealing with you know myself and embracing self-love I feel like it is a bit of pain before you get to the oh. self-love you know embracing pleasure and senses and all that <laughs> but now the other thing that we need to realize Tia, is that was then and that was me that was the pain that oh it was actually a friend but it was also me because I used to get a numb right side mm. and um it was when I was doing a program called insight that John oh I can't think of his name. Anyway, and um, it was about people were saying I was hiding, that I wasn't really putting myself out there. But I'm fascinated that you brought this up because I referred to this in my own words yesterday with Des. I said, so I decided I have a friend who had, um, uh, or the friend who's actually uh, Heather Bestel, who's actually written the foreword for my book because she was with me like every... She lives in Scotland. We've still never met except on Zoom and Facebook. 
she had liver failure and she two weeks ago just ran the London Marathon, 26.2 miles for her charity, It's Good to Give. I was so impressed with what she'd done. I thought she started with, you know, couch to 5K. Well, you know, I walk a lot and I think I'm quite fit, but recently climbing some hills, I decided I needed some cardio. So last Thursday, I thought, I'm going to start this program. Um, it's only a little, you know, it's only eight minutes of um, like jogging and I was doing slow jogging. So I did Thursday and that was fine and I did Saturday and that was fine. But yesterday morning, there was something wrong with my knee. So there was no way I walked again. But then later in the day, I've got, so I now got a knee pain and I said to Des yesterday, I said, it's like my book. The aching back, right side pain, numb and feeling dead. How come I am a slow learner? Because probably I should have gone and checked with somebody. It was running something that's for me. Well, I've decided, no, you're back to yoga and, um, and Qigong is probably worth and walking. But it was something, I like the idea of getting my heart rate going and things like that. I thought it's really good. And Heather was so excited. But I just... Um, and people on Facebook were excited because I was going to document it all. So I had to go on yesterday and say, well, that was a nice experiment, but obviously not for me. So because now I've had to slow down. So I'm now looking back and thinking, what is it that I wasn't listening to? What is it I'm doing now that I really have to look much more closely at so that I move forward and so that I share this story that I've got that I know can empower so many people. So that's my message, you know, get off my backside and get the, uh, get this book um, out there, Emergings, which I've hidden away quite well for the last eight years, um, and get my other book, Lucky to Be Alive, finished um, and, and share this heart wisdom message so that, um, so it's, for me, it's like it's through my art, my cards and my coaching because I have this beautiful process called a heartscape that I change lives daily. And but part of me keeps, and we all do this, and this is a self-love thing, we think, oh, we maybe need to look and see what somebody else is doing here or over there or we get, to, you know, it's so easy in social media to be distracted Mm -hmm. And to be able to, sometimes we need that courage to pull right back inside ourselves to make sure we're walking our path and that we're living our purpose and our passion. Mm -hmm. And I just have to tell you, yesterday when I, I draw a card every day and sometimes I do three, but I always draw a card for the month. And the card that popped out yesterday was passion. Mm. So I thought, all oh, right, there's a real message there for me. So, mm -hmm. but I think what everybody needs to understand is self-love. You don't just, it doesn't just, um, it doesn't just keep going unless you keep doing the work. So there's, that's why I say it's a daily process of loving yourself. And they become obstacles in the way mm -hmm. to test you particularly if you've decided I don't need to do that anymore or you've given up your gratitude journal or um, I think, oh, well, I've done that for how many of years, I'll give it a break. 
I find if I do that, I get the gratitude card shown right in my face. And I think, all right, okay, back to all of that. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to understand that as well. It's not a, there's no quick fixes. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's so true because if we don't practice self-love on a daily basis, we are really setting ourselves up for failure in life because we're not making time for us. And I know this is going to sound like a bit of a cliche, but a car can't run on E. We cannot run on no energy, <laughs> no love. You know, we have to have that as an integral part of our life or otherwise we feel like we're on autopilot and that's not living. And this is why self-love is so important. This is why it really can save your life because if you do not make time for yourself, accept yourself fully and the situations that you're in, you're just lining up to be friends with denial, friends with illusion, you know, and, and what type of life is that, right? So, and again, it's not about trying to do everything at one time and trying to take the magic pill, as Susie was just saying, like, there is no quick fix. No one's going to beat you up if you want to focus on two to three things at a time, okay? It's, it's just really focusing on yourself so you could be at your optimum level so when life does hit you with the one-two punch yeah you could definitely feel those emotions of setback and feel those emotions of you know okay god what's what's the, the game plan here why is this going on okay so go through that emotions but don't stay in in, in that, mm. that arena you know that's why Susie was just saying like okay i use law of attraction i told the doctor you know, I told him what was going to happen. And sometimes we have to do that. We don't always have to take what people say as as golden, you know, as the end-all, be-all. And I was just watching a video of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he was just saying how he and his wife did an experiment with uh, one of their uh, children. And he said that uh, the child lost a tooth, and he told her, I heard that if you put a tooth on a pillow, the tooth fairy will come. So she did it, and, you know, the tooth fairy came, gave, him, gave her a dollar, whatever. So uh, the next day, the daughter wakes up. She goes, oh, you know, the tooth fairy came. Oh, the tooth fairy gave me money. And then he said, well, how do you know the tooth fairy? And she said, well, because you said so. He said, no, I said, I heard. So she went to school the next day. And she discussed it with her friends, and they came to the conclusion that maybe the tooth fairy really the parents so she told one of her friends when you lose your tooth don't say anything put it underneath the pillow and see what happens well they didn't get the money and they came to the conclusion <laughs> that it's the parents who are the tooth fairy who is uh posing mm. as a tooth fairy so the moral of the story what he was saying is that adults need to challenge what gets told to them sometimes and i'm not saying to you know go to the doctor's office and, and just try to argue with him or her every single time. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that when they tell you something, it's okay to not accept it or to really uh, figure it out, to really digest what they're saying. It's like, okay, you can do this for the rest of your life. And you can say, well, mm, let me see if something else will work. Susie did that for six months. Okay. So again, she still listen to the doctor but she also let the doctor know this is not my end all so i really want to stress that to the listeners out there 
and I think it's really important because um, in I don't know in the states of you know you used to have your family doctor here you never know who you're going to see. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I had at the time it happened I had a beautiful woman um, who was my doctor. She was an older woman, and uh, the specialist always said Veronica was the person who saved my life, who actually got the test done and whatever else in time and everything. But then she went. She did. Ha- she decided she had to go and look after her mother and they just go. And then I had to find a new doctor and there was a woman, the woman that I then had said, oh, I don't really want to take on any more of um, that person's, that doctor's uh, cases, you know, because, you know, I was a problem. I had crush fractures and I had all this problem. Anyway, she said, oh, okay, I will. So that was, the, that was a time of me of, um, because I was being checked every fortnight and things like that, that of re-educating, um, of also helping educate the doctor because she, when I went alkaline, she said, Susie, I don't think this is going to work, you know? And I said, well, that's okay, but that's just what I'm going to do. When my test started coming back really positive, she then wanted to know what I was eating, what I was drinking, whatever else. So things can, things can, um, so you can, in this process, you can help the medical profession as well mm-hmm. through your own experiences. So when the specialist um, uh, fired me and when I went to see her, she said, oh, he wrote, I said, she said, he wrote me a letter. She said, but he wasn't happy with you. But she never said, right, you were doing the wrong thing or anything like that. Um, mm. And and my tests, I am tested every six months um, because they don't know what caused it. And um, sometimes my vitamin B or my vitamin D, you know, I live in the sunshine. How my vitamin D goes down, I don't know. But otherwise, but my whole kidney function and everything is generally always normal. So, and I think that's the other thing you do might have to think, oh, well, I don't need, you know, the the naturopath I work with would probably say you don't need to go and have all those tests. Those tests every six months for me um, reassure me to stay on track with my health and my exercise because mm-hmm. what we need for self-love is we need a balance. We right. need the balance of our physical, um, physical well-being, our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being and our relationships because when we're really balanced, that's when our self-love really works for us, I believe. Exactly. We have to do our due diligence, right, because the doctor went to school for that. Okay, so so he can tell us what we need to do, et cetera, but no one knows our body better than ourselves. So if we figure out something that, that works for us, definitely share the knowledge. What I like to say is, spirituality is the co-pilot when you're looking at it from a healing standpoint it's a co-pilot to your physician okay so you know i love that that is brilliant <laughs> thank you oh, oh that is oh dear i love that that's really cool <laughs> thank you and that's how i always looked at it because i firmly believe in getting an x-ray getting an mri you know because that's how we were able to find out exactly what was wrong with my foot you know, mm. on multiple occasions, or, you know, just having asthma as a kid, you know, okay, what's going on? She has an upper respiratory infection. So I am a firm believer of going to the doctor, and like you said, you know, the checkups help 
all that helps. And it's not one without the other. You know, it's the mental, the physical, the spiritual. It's, it's so much involved. And as long as we continue to do our due diligence and work with our doctors, we are more likely to have a good life. Okay, so I I agree. That's and I think I because I know I've challenged them on um, I've 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 challenged them on having flu injections, and that I really don't want to have them. And it's been explained to me with the condition that I had and um, their, their picture is, my picture is it will never come back, but their picture is they don't know because, mm-hmm. um, and that's the problem. When the doctors don't know, this, when I used to go to the specialist, he used to sit there and he'd look at his screen. And one day when I said, he said it was very sad that one of my doctors left. And I said, yeah, she was so good to talk to. And he sort of said, not like me. I said, you were great in hospital, but here you're always glued to the screen. I'm not, I can't, there's no communication. So I think it's, it's, it is really important then to have that balance also with them, but also occasionally to accept that what they're saying is for your highest good. It's sort of like I've fought against having the um, the flu vaccination, but I have now had it for the last four years and um, I've had no flu. So, mm. you know, and I, there's, you know, there's no way I want to be back where I was then. It was not a, you know, I lost my, I lost lots of my hair and teeth and I don't want to relive any of that again. But besides all of the the negative side of it i've managed to stay really positive and i remember the first week i was in hospital i got a message from a very old friend saying well if anybody can beat this you can you're the most positive person i know so sometimes we don't even know what we're putting out there to the world all the time Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. other people see it so when they feed that back to you um embrace it and and then live that, live within yourself as other people are seeing you. Because mm-hmm. remember, we don't always see what other people see. That's absolutely and we right. We don't always feel what other people feel. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, Susie, thank you. You're phenomenal. I'm so glad you came on to the show and to give us your knowledge. My goodness. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Tia. Um, I just, I, I feel very honoured to be here and um, I'm excited that, you know, just to be part of your show and to be sharing more of, I suppose, what my message really is in for me too because part of it I was thinking, oh, is it really self-love? But when I start talking about it, I know that's why I'm here. This is my purpose. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us where we can find you again? Yes. Well, you can find me at Susie Cheel. That's S-U-Z-I-E-C-H-E-E-L. Um, almost everywhere around the web. But my website is susiecheel.com. And uh, Tia gave you my Instagram before. I, yeah, I, I am just Susie Cheel everywhere. My Facebook page 
where I go live from and do free readings and things is susiefacebook.com, Susie Cheel Inspires. And I also have, I have a, um, a Facebook group that's called Heart Whisperers. So it's just where I do meditations. Um, I'm just changing the focus of it to be um, where art and the oracle um, heal, uh, they heal, they give us love, and they create. So we can create change. Awesome. And keep a lookout for her book. <laughs> oh, and my book, yes. My yes. book, well, Emergings as it is at the moment, is available on Amazon. Um, if you type in Susie Chill, you'll find the Emergings book there. And I should have the PDF. Um, the updated version of the PDF um, on my website. You've just shamed me into doing it. I'll get it done very quickly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I want to tell uh, you about two upcoming events. So one is the third annual Diva Girl Conference in Philly. Uh, I was just at the one in Toronto. So this is why you hear me emphasize on the Philly one. <laughs> Diva Girl originated in Canada. So the third annual Diva Girl Philly Conference will take place on May 20th. Okay, so the Diva Girl Philly Conference is a full day of fun, empowering, and educational classes, workshops, seminar, and local vendors to help you unleash your sexy within. We promise that you will be inspired by 25 plus fabulous presenters and 30 companies and brands specializing in areas of dance, fitness, nutrition, wellness, empowerment, and self-esteem. We are weeks away, but I've been promoting this conference for quite some time now because people come from out of state and out of country to participate in the Diva Girl Conference. So I really want to make sure that you guys have enough time <laughs> to get your girls together, go on a road trip or catch a flight, whatever you have to do. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be part of this awesome event, you can learn more and get your tickets by going through their Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Diva Girl Philly. And next, this will take place from August 28th to September 1st. It is a entrepreneur cruise. So it is the Creativepreneur Summit at Sea, expand your brand for speakers, authors, and live streamers. And again, it's from August 28th to September 1st. We are going to the Bahamas, leaving out of the oh. port of Miami. Yes, love it. So we're going to Nassau, Coco Cay, Florida Keys, and then return to Miami. Day one is all about the meet and greet. So we're going to put a name to a face, uh, you know, where you're from, all that jazz. Day two is to build your own speaker's platform and elevator pitch. So if you are a speaker, an aspiring speaker, and you want to refine uh, that platform for yourself, this is for you. And of course, your elevator pitch, that's important. This is how you, what you do, and what are your services. Um, day three is the productive breakfast meet. We will already be in the Bahamas at this time. So you're only going to have us for breakfast, and then you can go enjoy the Bahamas. So it is a um, pick each other's brain, brainstorm, you know, all that during breakfast. Day four is build your live streaming universe, authors roundtable, and competition. So we're going to help you to get comfortable and to capitalize on live streaming. And if you're an author or an aspiring author, this is for you because we're going to help you 
with uh, getting self-published, with uh, structuring your book, and, you know, any other questions you have regarding that. So if you want to sit on the panel, we have a few seats open, or if you want to participate by just coming to the conference, you can send me an email at summitcruise at gmail.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-T at or excuse me, I-T-C-R-U-I-S-E at gmail.com. So, yes, me and my friend Candy Connor will be co-hosting that event, and I can't wait to see you guys there. Well, Susie, again, thank you so much. You were so awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. It absolutely delighted. And I was just going to say to the listeners, if they want to get my free self-love meditation, um, they, if they just go to um, suzychill.com and um, the in, I think it's in the sidebar of that. Or just send me a PM me somewhere and I'll send you the link so you can get that free self-love meditation for those people who want to just get going. That's beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Well, everyone have a wonderful day filled with many blessings and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.